I want to give a shout out to Awana missionaries in Ethiopia. With a desire to reach the Aroma people, they translated all the Awana handbooks into Aromo and prayed for the funds to print them. God answered that prayer and secured the money they needed. They're now in the process of printing and training the churches that use the Aroma language to reach 40 million people for Jesus. and welcome again to the Awana Clubs podcast. I'm Andrea Perkins, an Awana missionary in the great state of Texas, and I am so privileged to be coming to you today to talk about the presence of a loving, caring adult in the life of a child. We know this is the number one way to do solid child discipleship, and we're going to take a look at some practical ways to do that, and I have a very special guest to help us discuss this very important topic. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Child discipleship is needed now like never before. We may look at the news and be tempted to despair. Fatigue and worry may feel like a constant weight around our hearts, especially as we consider all our children and grandchildren may face. Even in the U.S., we are experiencing unprecedented waves of aggressive secularism causing us to ask new questions about how to disciple our children in the digital age. But we can be certain that Jesus is king and the truth of the Bible is still as reliable as ever and that child discipleship gives us great hope. Friends, while we might face unprecedented cultural challenges worldwide, and kids are facing a faith crisis of unparalleled impact, from our vantage point, we see God at work. Like never before, we see and believe God is moving and inviting us to bring the gospel and discipleship to children around the globe in new and exciting ways. We want to invite you to prayerfully explore an investment in child discipleship through once-in-a-lifetime opportunities with Awana. Now is the time for us to increase our gospel impact together like never before. Donate today at awana.org slash like never before. All right, well, let's dive into this incredibly essential part of child discipleship, being a loving, caring adult who loves and cares for the children in your ministry. We hear a lot about that in discussions about child discipleship, but sometimes it's hard to know exactly what that might look like. Um, but let's start by introducing our incredibly special guest for today's episode, Miss Karen McClure, who is the... I guess retired, but I don't feel like she's retired. Um, Awana ministry director at actually my ascending church back in Tampa, Florida, South Tampa Fellowship. Thank you so much for joining us, Karen. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for asking me. So a little confession time here. Karen is not only that amazing former AMD at South Tampa Fellowship, she's also probably my best friend definitely my best friend um, in the entire world. And um, when they told me I had the opportunity to talk about loving, caring adults, um, investing in kids, um, they were like, yeah, maybe try to find like a great AMD to interview about that. I'm like, easy, done, got it. <laughs> right. Um, because I've gotten to see since 
2008, right, when we started Awana um, there at STF, I've gotten to see the way that Karen has invested in the lives of, of children. And now that I'm an Awana missionary, I knew she was definitely who I wanted to um, have this discussion with. So um, we want to definitely give some advice to the people who are listening, not only about how to do the kind of investment that it takes for kids to really trust you, um, which I know that you can do and that you really honestly over the last 15 years have been training me to do. <laughs> so I have learned so much about how to be a good leader um, just from you. So um, in full disclosure, I've had the benefit of working with Karen, um, not just in an Awana club on a weekly Wednesday night, um, but also kind of walking alongside her as her amazing little girl has um, grown up, I guess, from a four-year-old to now a 23-year-old um, who is, you know, of course, finished with college now and um, working at our church um, with just such a heart for ministry and is just everything that we would want all of our Awana kids to grow up into. Um, so I know that these methods work. So I'm excited to bring um, this guidance to you. So um, her daughter's name is Maggie. So if you hear us talk about Maggie at any point in this episode, she is uh, the one, the only, um, and she's pretty great. So I love so much. We had the opportunity to build the body of Christ by investing in these kids because it stays built when we invest in them as kids. So let's get to all the great things that Miss Karen knows because it's so many things. What do you think is probably the number one way that we can engage with children so that they know that they matter to us? You know, I think one of the most important things is when when we're at club or when we're at Sunday school or when we're you know, we run into one of our kiddos out in the real world is to just be present in the moment. And that's a lot easier for me to say now that I'm a retired person than it was when I was a working person and I had my child in my home, because it doesn't have to be long moments. I think if we just, you know, like you run into one of your children in the grocery store, you actually stop for a moment and say hello and make sure that the parent knows why their child has just come up and, you know, hugged you in the middle of a grocery store. Um, but identifying yourself, but making that personal connection. Yeah, I love I love that. I love when you get to, you know, do the the kind of Heisman maneuver to for a kid that's launching toward you for a hug and you kind of keep them to a side hug and then with the other hand immediately or shaking, you know, a parent that you may not know, um, shaking their hand and introducing yourself and getting to say that you're an adult who invests in their kid every week um, at Awana. So I love that, um, especially for, for new parents. I think too, one of the things you mentioned both in club as well as out of club, uh, I think in club, it's really easy to get a little bit kind of covered up in all the things that need to get done for a club night, you know, like completion of all of your tasks, completion of having the awards counted and making sure everybody's sticker is where it needs to be. And, you know, the things that we all have on our um, thousand thing to do list for club. But I think focusing maybe on like connection first, even more than completion, which is hard. I'm, I'm pretty type A, right? So I'm to do list all day. Um, and some other little kids going to be annoyed if their award is not ready. <laughs> but 
um, you know, finding a way to, to still connect with kids when they do need things, even during those 90 minutes or two hours that you have them at club, any ideas how we can, can balance that a little bit? I, you know, it's keeping in mind what's the important thing. And, you know, when we're at club, um, we, we want to be showing the love of Jesus to these children, but every week is going to be a little different. So for instance, last week when I was doing the Bible lesson, um, for my, my little group, and I don't know what it was that I said, but it sparked in one of them saying John three sixteen. It wasn't part of the lesson, but you know what? I had a little one who wanted to say John 3.16, said it pretty well, but that brought on another child wanting to get to say it. And so pretty much the lesson time turned into children individually reciting John 3.16 and getting to applaud them every time one of them finished. And what was sweet to see was like, one of them would get a little bit stuck and the others would kind of lean over and give little clues. So the Bible lesson kind of went out the window, but you know what? They all said John three sixteen. they all felt encouraged and heard. And that in the moment was much more important than completing the Bible lesson that I had. Oh, I love that. That's exactly what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. So it can be, it can be done. So we kind of give permission that doesn't really need to be given to, to leaders to say, Hey, it's okay. If, if you deviate part of being that loving, caring adult is for that kid to matter more than our schedules, right. Or our kind of arbitrary (laughs) completion list that we set for ourselves. Sometimes the spirit goes where he wants, right. He told the apostle Paul, don't go that direction, go this direction. And Paul's like, I had plans, right. So we, we can stay open to that as well. Um, I know you had mentioned when we talked about um, this earlier that you have um, a sweet family that you're really enjoying specifically getting to to connect with and um, just demonstrate all that love and care for. Will you um, share with us about them a little bit? Sure. So this is a mom. She has twin boys who are now first grade. And I think I met them when they were probably pre-K four. Um, the only time they come to our church is for Awana and, and they are twin six-year-olds. I mean, they're just all boy, but they also with COVID got a little bit behind. Um, they're not quite up to reading level. And so my first week back this year, um, you know, talked with mom a little bit and she's telling me how hard it is for them to memorize. And I said, well, you know what, how about if I get some of the, Awana has a resource that's labels that can go in their book so that they're going to learn shorter bits and, and let's see if we can have some success that way. So I got the labels put in their book the next week. Um, the little one who's in my group, and I don't have both of the twins, um, but the little one who's in my group now, two weeks ago, earned his rank patch. And um, last night, I got to award him his wings with his first red jewel in them. So he he is so excited. I'm, you know, he's learning or he's completing his work as he is capable of doing it. I don't just give awards. You actually 
earn your awards, but he is earning it and having that sense of completion. You know, I check in with mom every week to let her know what needs to be worked on for the next week. Um, they were up in Buffalo for Thanksgiving, and I got pictures of the boys um, outside of Niagara Falls and knee-deep in snow. So it's just really sweet to be able to have that time where the mom knows that I just love her kid. So I, I get to, you know, to pour into her a little bit as well. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, when we talk about being a loving, caring adult, and then there's kind of this undercurrent, um, you know, in a lot of ministry circles that we wish that parents were more involved, especially parents from, you know, outside of our churches, which is, you know, great that they're bringing their kids to Awana, but it's sometimes hard to get them to, you know, realize that their investment in their kids learning scripture is so, so valuable too. But so when you've made this connection where you can communicate with mom, not even just you utility wise, not even just here's what you need to know for Awana. You can talk about the fact that the boys are in snow and see pictures and things like that. You're really partnering with that parent, which is, I think the model we all think we're doing in children's ministry, right? Or we all want to be doing, um, right. where, where we're helping parents, you know, we're in partnership with parents, not competition, um, to, to help them have what they need to disciple kids. Well, you know, I'm very fortunate to be, um, to be an adoptive mother. I adopted a 12 year old, um, during the pandemic, which is a little bit crazy. Um, but she's, so she's now 14 and a half. Like that was just a weird time to do anything. And those are big changes, um, to start with, but I've been so fortunate that Karen for you listeners has been willing to be a loving, caring adult to my daughter, even though she was, you know, just sort of aging out of my church's Awana program at the time that she came to me. So this last year, you know, at a time that I was doing a, some training at a church down in Fredericksburg um, on a Wednesday afternoon, and my kiddo, who is now homeschooled, was doing some homework in the church library, and she just got a decision that she needed to talk to somebody about accepting Jesus, and, you know, she knew I was conducting training for 30 leaders in a room somewhere um, in the church. She just, like, called Karen McClure, right, and asked questions um, about how to accept Jesus and, and prayed with her to surrender her life to Christ, right. To have Jesus as her Lord and savior. And, you know, some people would be like, but she didn't ask me, you know, but I'm so, so glad that if that's when the spirit was talking to her little heart and I was in another room doing something, the spirit told me to do that. She had another adult to call and, and have that conversation with, like, I don't have to have um, you know, like an ego feeling about that at all. I'm just so, so grateful that, um, that there are more adults, um, who have invested in my little girl. And I know for all of you listening, every kid in your club has a parent who is probably not going to be put off by your investment in their kid, right? Because kids take an extraordinary amount of energy. This is something I have learned, um, <laughs> an extraordinary amount of emotional energy, and then even to lead spiritually, um, that's another layer on top of that beyond just keeping kids warm and safe and dry. They take a lot um, of really intentional time of, of crafting the way that you say things to be demonstrating your own relationship with Christ when you're um, talking to your kids. So build yourself a dream team as I have of, uh, <laughs> of uh, Karen McClure. And then actually her daughter, Maggie, now being somebody that I 
you know, was able to invest in when she was growing up being her, you know, Bible quiz coach and her Awana leader for a season and um, working together on vacation Bible school for 15 or something years at this point. Um, We also now have Maggie who will text, you know, my daughter. So this kind of (laughs) multi-generational train that you can build among families is just so strong, you know, like we will always have each other because of the investment that that Karen and I made in each other's children, our families are forever. And so if you want to build in your ministry, family relationships that go beyond the minutes of your club, this is how to do that, right? Um, getting outside of your club um, and just leaning into, leaning into what um, these other families need. So that sounds you know, amazing and lovely, <laughs> but it also sounds a little bit difficult. It seems like Um, a part-time job, right? If you've got five or nine kids in your small group, depending on the size of your club and how many leaders you have, um, you may say, I don't don't know that I have, you know, where do I find the time or the minutes or the energy to engage nine sets of parents um, every week with what's going on? Um, So we want to talk a little bit, how is this too hard? Are we asking parents to do something that's too difficult? Can it be done simply? Um, And if so, how, how do I fit this new calling to really investing in kids, no matter what, into my already completely busy life? Um, so Karen, <laughs> since you're the expert, do you have any advice for how people fit, <laughs> fit okay. this kind of thing? In? A, I count myself as an expert in virtually nothing. So <laughs> let me lay that out there to start with. But I will say that, um, yes, it's it's an intentional thing that you will have to decide that you will make the minutes to do. And honestly, I have, I still keep a paper planner because that's just the way I roll. And on one of my days of the weekend, I have to email or text all of my parents. I've got five first graders in my group, in my small group. Um, And it's as easy as, you know, and once I learned that I can copy a text and, you know, copy and paste into the next one, I just need to adjust the names. That makes it a whole lot quicker. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just, um, you know, loved having Johnny in club this week. Um, he's completed whatever section and this is what I want you to work on with him for next week. I try to, from the Bible lesson that was taught, ask them, you know, why does Solomon ask for wisdom? You know, if that was our Bible lesson. And then for those who may or may not know the answer when they do that follow-up with their parent in parentheses is the reason is blah, blah, blah. So I'm, you know, no parent ever has to feel like, well, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. I'm going to (laughs) give it you. I just want you to reinforce what was learned this week, tell you what we need for next week. Um, So, I mean, honestly, I can get through texting or emailing all five of my parents in 10 minutes, but it's just a decision that I was made that I'm going to do that every single week. And I'm big on checking things off my to-do list. So it's not that hard, but it lets the parents know that I care about more than just Wednesday night. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I will get a text back, you know, 
hey, Susie broke her arm this week. So she's not going to be at club next Wednesday. Okay, so now I know Susie's not going to be there. And I know I need to get a little get well card out in the mail. But that extra touch gives me the opportunity to be involved in a very small way. Yes. So it sounds like it, it snowballs right into more and more access to be connected with those families. Yes. Love it. Love it. And you're right. Batch texting, you know, I mean, don't, don't send a group message. Everyone hates those, but yes, you can copy and edit, um, you know, the same kind of skeleton of a text to send to everybody. Texting is the best. It's fast. It's easy. You can send a link, um, in it. Um, and I know back in the day, we used to send, um, you know, paper birthday cards to uh, back when I was just your Sparks director back in the day um, that you would prepare, though, envelopes and cards for every single kid. And just throughout the throughout the year, every month, you know, I would take a night and just write birthday cards to all of the kids. And so we had, you know, between 70 and 80 Sparks um, at the time. And so, yeah, you break that into into 10 months of the year. Cause you've got to do the summer kids too. Yes. <laughs> um, and, you, know, you know, it's not that many that actually had to get done, um, each month. And maybe I did it on planes when I was traveling for work. And so the handwriting looked a little bad, but every kid in our program got a birthday card from, from their Awana leader, you know, from, uh, from their lady who handed out the jewels. So I'm not saying I was mm-hmm. powerful or anything, but I was in fact, the lady who handed out jewels. So <laughs> when you're five, that's a big deal, you know? It is a big deal. I I love that. I think there are simple, simple ways to kind of take the things we need to do and put them into kind of the rhythms um, that we already have um, as parents. So, you know, you said I can get those done in about 10 minutes and I I can hear through the radio waves, a number of people saying, well, where do I get those 10 minutes? And here's a little call, a little call to action for everyone who felt that way. Um, and, and I'm speaking chiefly to myself and then also you, if that was your reaction. Um, my screen time report on my phone tells me that I have 10 minutes and that's hard, right? Because I don't, I don't scroll on my phone because I'm lazy. I scroll on my phone to escape the overwhelm of life, right? Um, but if I can put that off for 10 minutes, um, to connect with those kids, or even if that's, you know, that's not going to be as doable. Maybe if you're sitting in car line, right. Each day in car line, text one of the kids in your group, right. Who are we texting today? Right. Timmy Tuesday and Wendy Wednesday, whichever kids you have, um, you can text one text each day that you're sitting in car line. Um, I remember back in, gosh, this has got to be what, like, 2010. So this child's got to be in college by now. Um, we had a little girl, um, who had been amazing in Awana. She was a second grade spark. She had been, been there throughout. She was, you know, probably six weeks from getting her Sparky award and she just stopped coming to Awana, like just didn't come. And so of course, when she missed the second week in a row, I, I called her mom because that was our, our procedure. We had set that up that if a kid misses two times, um, we touch base with the parents and it turned out She had um, been promoted in her dance school because she had improved and she went up to the next level, which met on Wednesday nights. And she's like, I'm excited to be advancing in ballet, but I can't come to Awana anymore. And this little girl was just heartbroken, like just heartbroken. Well, that she happened to live um, in my neighborhood and her house was on this route where I used to walk my amazing 
very old dog. So very close to my house because my dog was very old. And, um, I asked the mom, I'm like, Hey, I, I walk my sweet girl, Maddie past your house, like twice a week. One of those, could I, could I stop in and then just have this little girl walk around the elementary school lap that I make on that walk with me. And I'll, I'll sign her verses if she wants to say them then. And the mom like was almost teary eyed that like, I was going to use those minutes to do that. Here's the thing. I was already walking past the house, already walking around the elementary school, right? I didn't actually have to add anything other than, you know, some good conversation. Um, And it was one of those elementary schools with the big open playground. So mom could see us walking for basically all of the, you know, all of the trip um, around, around that area. But you know, she was able to come. Our award ceremony was on a Friday because we always did that on a non-Wednesday just to avoid schedule conflicts. She was able to come and get her Sparky award. Um, because those last six weeks of club, my old dog and I, you know, did small group (laughs) walking Mm -hmm. around in elementary school. So it may be that there's something you're already doing in your schedule that you can just add more of that connection to. If you love to talk on the phone, more power to you, but feel free to, you know, give, give your parents a call and and just check in. Um, if you've got parents that you think that would be the best way to connect with, but, but do what fits in to your schedule, but apply some creativity, apply a little elbow grease to, um, to adding the things that, you know, you feel right now, the spirit talking to your heart about, um, doing a little more intensely. Um, All right. So I have a little bonus bit for this, um, because y'all know if you've been listening to the Iwana clubs podcast for a bit, that my like number one passion project is for your children's ministry, every children's ministry to be a safe place for children to go. That child protection is one of my, (laughs) my deepest felt passions about kids ministry. And I realized preparing for this podcast that being child safe is the best way to be a loving, caring adult, right? Because a child will never trust that any of his leaders at your Awana club or Sunday school or any kind of church function are safe and can be trusted to invest in him if at any point in church, they're also being offended against. So that's point one, right? If anyone at your church is harming this child, no one at your church can be trusted to be a loving, caring adult. So establish, enact, uphold, enforce vigorously a strong child protection policy, um, because then your efforts to do all this loving, caring adult stuff will actually be believed. The second thing is that when you have loving, caring adults, you open the, the possibility that you may hear some pretty troubling things from kids who trust you enough to tell you what's going on with them. And in, in that vein, you have the opportunity to help keep that child safe, whether that is, is reporting um, or getting families some resources to be able to, to actually take care of, right. To maintain the well being of those children. So being a loving, caring adult, it's not just maybe they'll, you know, participate in a want more, or maybe they'll act better during large group time. Like you could save lives. You could save childhoods. Um, you could make, um, make a difference even well beyond just the spiritual impact of introducing children to Christ. Their very physical needs and their very physical situations, um, could be bettered by the fact that you are connected to them in a real way to those kids 
and then also to their parents. You know, imagine if you had a parent who came to you and you were connected enough for them to say, hey, my kids need socks, right? And so then you don't end up having to do a whole, I don't think my kids are having their needs met at home report to a hotline because you just got to buy that mom some socks. And I, I think that's definitely in line with what, um, with what the Bible says that we're supposed to do in caring for vulnerable populations. So if for no other reason, <laughs> I would like for you all to be loving, caring adults in the lives of your children, because we support families. That's what, what family ministry does um, and who we want to do. So, so Karen McClure, I am so, so grateful that you joined me on this journey. I love hearing about the families that South Tampa Fellowship is still serving. It, it is heartbreaking for me all the time not to still be there now that I serve back in Texas. Um, but thankfully, I do get the opportunity to come back and still love those same kids um, every year at Vacation Bible School um, up in the missions room. I get to reconnect with those kids. And even just this last summer, a kid who had been in my very last class of Sparks before I moved um, to Texas was looking a little bit down. And I was like, hey, bud, what's going on? You know? And he told me, like, he actually, like, we had a conversation. And I mean, this is like, this is like a sixth grade boy. So they, you know, they're not really all that emotionally vulnerable, right? Not right. Um, not that it's sharing, but our relationship from the time he had been in kindergarten was strong enough that even though I've been gone five years, he's still like, let me know, like what was weighing on his mind <laughs> during VBS that week. So I was able to give him, give him a little help. I know I miss you guys. All right. Well, it has been a great time just chatting. Y'all be creative, be creative and, and get out that spiritual elbow grease to just connect with your families. Let these kids know that they matter. Talk to them like they matter. It helps if they do, um, <laughs> because they are human beings, right? Not just they're not just little ministry widgets that you're turning out with completed books and heavy vests, right? They're the body of Christ. And we build this body. We can build it to last. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I can't wait for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Awana Clubs podcast. The Awana Clubs podcast is a product of Awana Audio. All rights reserved. Your support and donations to the Awana ministry make it possible for us to partner with 62,000 churches in over 130 countries. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more information about what was discussed in this episode, as well as more details about today's host and their ministry. If you like this episode, you'll also like the Child Discipleship Podcast, where new episodes drop every Thursday. Our theme song is Jackpot by Made to Be from their album, You Know a Better Way. You also heard their song Throne from their album, Save Me From Myself. This podcast is executive produced by Tim Sandoval, mixed and edited by Marlon Washington, and content support is provided by me, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.